Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. No, I mean, so for every one thing that you see in my show, there's been a, a hundred that, that didn't make it. Uh-huh stuff i've deleted so many posts you know it's like no it didn't work didn't work really the same thing as doing stand-up like regular telling jokes at open mics it's the same thing it's like let's see if it works nope that didn't that didn't go over well throw it out keep trying or rewrite it or some you know maybe the delivery is off and keep trying and then oh yeah that worked hot breath What's goody, Hot Breath of Verse? We are back with the show where you learn comedy from the pros. And today's guest is an OG comedy friend of mine. We came up in the early ATL open mic grind days where he has now since become a social media sensation selling out venues across the country all due to his social media. So he's joined on here to share some funny and revealing stories of our early hustle together, but now how he's been able to create a social media following and hopefully help you do the same. So if you do want to help us build our following, just go to YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you have subscribed, then share it with another comedian as we are comics helping comics all to become that next generation of great self-made comics. But now there is only one thing left to do, and that is inhale a hot breath with Ben Palmer. Welcome to Hot Breath officially now, Ben. Thanks. 20 minutes later, we're doing it now. Yeah. We're doing it now. This is it. Yeah, we're in there. So welcome aboard. You were, before we had audio technical difficulties. Um, I feel like I need to put my arm around you right now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, we're doing the, the pal cast. <laughs> I feel like uh, my mom and dad, when they... Go to sit in the same side of the booth. Or <laughs> it's really uncomfortable. They're like kissing each other and shit. And everyone's like, are you? Your parents will make out in public? My parents are very, yeah, they're very lovey. Uh, yeah, gets Whoa. strange. They wore matching t-shirts to, uh, we had, when I was in the Air Force, I was like 19. They had family day. They're the only people there who wore matching t-shirts. And said like, my son is an Air Force veteran. It's like. They're like holding hands, and like smooching and stuff. Oh, like, yeah. that's so cute. Yeah. Yeah, that's cute. Wow. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> now it's OnlyFans. Right. Yeah, no. oh, I'm dad OnlyFans. Oh, <laughs> God. Wow, that's so crazy that you were in the Air Force and now you're a professional troll. Yeah. America's finest right here. Yeah. A chip off the old block. Yeah. Yeah, I was in the Air Force uh, right out of high school. I went when I was right after I graduated, 18, and then I got kicked out because uh, I got ulcerative colitis, aka Crohn's disease, or oh, pretty yeah, much yeah, the same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And I had done comedy for like a year before that, but like kind of off and on. And then I got discharged, and then I was like, okay, time to go full force into doing comedy. I was like, got nothing else to do now. Oh, that's what made you decide? Is you're like, well, I have Crohn's disease, so I might as well make jokes about it. <laughs> yeah. I did to I did used to try jokes about, it, but then I found out like people, I, I couldn't get any to land super strong. They're like they're always like, "Are you okay?" You know, and they hear like, "I have a disease." They're like, "Oh, this is serious." Oh, it's supposed to come with your delivery. Like it almost <laughs> feels like the disease is tearing you apart <laughs> based on your delivery. I have, I have 
Crohn's disease. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what's funny is you're to get to see your live show that you, I I watched you post your tour dates today. Yeah. There's there's even more now. Like yeah. you're you're doing it, Ben. Yeah. Like cuz I've just known you. You're you may be I mean, I feel like we've both known people who like started in Atlanta came up and have now done a lot of cool things. But I, I feel like you're like the first person maybe I was in like the trenches trenches with. Oh, yeah. Like doing strip clubs and nightclubs. Yeah. And getting slapped. You were the first person to get slapped on stage. Yeah. Take that, Chris Rock. Yeah. <laughs> and Before you, Chris Rock, there was I ben was doing Palmer. it for much less people and no cameras. <laughs> <laughs> the best part of that whole thing was it was in a nightclub. We're staying in the middle of the floor. We're the only two white people like in the zip code. Mm-hmm. And then a guy walks by and slaps you, and then people freak out, and then y'all are like, y'all look like I've never seen someone get hit before. (laughs) You're just, like, so cool about it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, like, all the comics that were there, like, waiting to get up. Uh, They all, like, got up and, like, walked out. Yeah. In, like, a protest almost. (laughs) And then they came back in, and what did I say? I forget. I don't know. I said something like. You guys done being hard asses or something? I don't, I don't remember. You ended up roasting the people that were trying to defend you. <laughs> right. I think it's what happened. I was. It's a funny story, but it's not like a good, like, here's what you should do in comedy story. I It was like the 4th of July was... or Memorial Day. I think it was the 4th of July. And it was like I had been drinking and smoking and like doing cough syrup like all day. And then, and then the show didn't start until like. One in the morning. The flyer says nine and it starts at 1 a.m. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And yeah, I was just going off and doing crowd work and just like freestyling. And uh, there was no stage. It was just like a floor Mm -hmm. and a wireless mic. And so people were walking like behind you and in front of you. (laughs) Okay, so it was the 4th of July because my joke, it was a bad joke, right? I don't even want to repeat it. It's just oh, I don't remember the joke. I just remember the slap. It was back when the word ratchet was starting to become popular, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say this. Like, this is like not good. I don't. I would not condone this comedy act today. I think okay. it's, it sucked. But at the time, I thought it was funny. And people were laughing. So I was saying, uh, I'm declaring my independence from ratchet hose, right? That was like my <laughs> opening line. And people were like, ah. <laughs> and then like, I f- thought it was a good idea for some reason to like people were walking by as a guy and some women and they walked out and I said, the door closed and I said like ratchet hose or something like that. I repeated it. Then the door opened back up. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, okay, this dude's about, this dude walked up, he was wearing like a, a, a one of these hats, what do you call those little bucket hats? Yeah, yeah. Probably, he looked like he was really comfortable, you know, didn't look like a threat at all. So I was like, he's coming up to like, maybe say something funny back, you know, on the mic. I was like getting ready to like, you know, go back and forth. Maybe we're going to do like a roast or something. Yeah, yeah. And he whapped me, slapped me. And he said, you don't know me. <laughs> and then he walked out and I was like, whoa, okay. And that, that Will Smith shit, because this happened, Will Smith happened, what, a few weeks ago? Yeah. It reminded me of that because Will Smith walked up to the stage smooth. Like, you didn't know. Like, that's how he caught Chris Rock off guard because mm-hmm. Chris Rock was like, oh, he's coming to say something. And then all of a sudden, he, so watch out. That's a lesson. Watch out for the smooth walkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> coming on stage. Well, it wasn't even a stage. It was literally the floor. Yeah, and don't do cough syrup and smoke weed and drink all day. And then definitely don't disrespect the audience, especially especially when <laughs> there's no stage. Oh. And there's no way for like you to protect yourself or there's no like that's one thing I learned like we're not in like some like cage or something you know No no yeah 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 so I didn't I didn't realize you were like 
on tilt like that, fam. Because uh, I thought that's just your delivery, but you were you were scissorped out and smoked oh, yeah. out and drank out. And yeah, it was the Fourth of July. I was. Oh yeah, we all do that on the Fourth of July. <laughs> yeah, of course. A couple a couple purple sprites in me to celebrate the red, white, and blue. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I was. It was a long like that, day. like that. Mm-hmm. But that was those were the early those were the early days. Those bro. were the early days. I want to say so. Um, the first time. So we're in Tucker now. Sorry to, to dox you. Just blow up, blew up my spot there. You want to want to censor that out? No, we're fine. The first time I saw, wait, maybe it was Norcross where I saw you, but it was up here, up north, uh, north of Atlanta. First time, um, it wasn't the first time I saw you. The first time I saw you was at Relapse Theater. But one of the first times I performed with you, I was waiting to go up. And uh, it was, once again, an all-black club. And it was me and you were the only white guys in there. Yeah. And uh, they had a, an act come up before you. And it was like a music act and or a hip-hop group. And they were singing a song called Trap House. And like, we're in the trap house. We're in the trap house. You know, people are watching. Then you go up there. And you do start riffing, and then you're like, "What about those last guys?" You're like, "Trap house, like more like mom's house." <laughs> and people were just dying, just dying. Like you were just. It was a great performance. You were just off the cuff, just just ripping it up. That's good shit, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I would always get introed as like, "Yo, this next comic." From the hoods of Atlanta, we grew up selling dope together. <laughs> Give it up for my cousin. Yeah. And then, and then it would be me. And it'd be like, ha, ah, ha, Yeah. They used to do that to me, too. They did that to me once, and it didn't work. It backfired. Ooh. It was, it was like one of the worst. <laughs> it was that uh, I was opening for, for John Witherspoon. Rest in peace. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was a Friday night. I had already done the Thursday night, and it was cool. Um, the Friday night it was the first show. It was packed to the brims, and like the energy was was live in there. Like people were just like talking and having a good time. Um, and so yeah, like you said, the the DJ plays the uh, you know he plays the gangster song. One song he would always play for me was that Gucci Man Little Wayne song. Uh, okay, you're a goon. There's a goon to a goblin. Yeah, yeah. And Lil yeah. Wayne says, "Man, fuck these." Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. He says, "Fuck these," and then. So they play that song for me, right? Then I'm supposed to go up there, grab the mic, and be like, hey, I didn't request that song, you know? And then everyone gets to laugh because mm-hmm. they see me and they're like, they hear the, the word and they're like, what the fuck is this shit? Of course. But for some reason, like on that particular night, like they did not take it like that at all. I think they were under the assumption that I selected that song myself or something. So I went up there and before I even grabbed the mic, someone in the back booed. <gasps> Boo! <laughs> I hadn't even spoken a word yet. I just went up there like, it's a white guy. Boo! <laughs> and it, uh, I didn't see a comment. Yeah. I, it was like it was like a sniper shot. And I was like, ah, oh, I took a hit, right? Right. And it, like, immediately confidence took a dip before I even said anything. So then I go into my opening joke. And I think I probably just didn't have the confidence, probably stumbled on some words. You know, you fuck up the timing of your oh, shit. Game over. Game over. And uh, it went down. Uh, nothing. Boo. You know, they keep they keep more boos start to go in. And, uh, you know, they're paying me to do comedy. You're supposed to do 20 minutes at minimum. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to get off the stage. I, I'm not going to. So they don't pay me. I'm staying up here. So right. I'm like, I don't know what you guys want me to do. So I just sat down on the stage, right? And uh, they sent the host back up. And the host, for some reason, 
I don't know what was going on with this this host. I'd never seen her before. She wasn't very experienced. She went up before me and didn't do anything to make the crowd like, ready for a show. It was just like nothing happened. And then she called me up and I was like, here you are now. And I was like, what, like you're going to do any better? And they thought that was funny. Oh, uh, <laughs> there we go. And then, because it was a white person. Right, right. <laughs> a white person. I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> so, so then they laughed. Then I tried to go back into my routine again. And they're like, nope. Not having it. Yeah. Then they counted me off. Ten, nine. The audience? Yeah, eight, seven. As the numbers went down, the crowd got <laughs> joining in. Three, two, one. I was like, I'm out. <laughs> Later. Later, y'all. No way, dude. <laughs> oh, dude, that, that reminds me. Did you ever do um, Doo Brown's room in Columbus, Georgia? I've heard about that. I don't think I've. I'm not. Wait. I think maybe I'm not sure why. What's up? It you open you're opening up for a twerk contest, uh. <laughs> and he, he has like a Cadillac hearse, and I rode down to Columbus in his Cadillac hearse, and I was sitting in the back, and he was driving up front with his lady, <laughs> and so I had to so long basically, it's like it's a hood room. It's like eight mile in there, so much to the point that like in the middle of my set, this lady starts yelling rabbit at me. Rabbit. Oh, right. From Eight Mile. <laughs> but she's she's right here next to the stage, and she's not saying it to where everyone can hear. So it's like I hear her, so then I yell at her, mm. but no one else gets that she was heckling me. Mm. So they just hear this white guy yell at this lady. <laughs> but the catches that Dudu said, he said this before I went up there. He's like, to get paid, you have to be up there for 15 minutes. He's mm. like, you have to do 15 minutes. So this was probably like halfway through my set and I was like surviving, not killing, and then yelled at her and then it was over and they hated me, but I still had half my time. So I just kept track. I was like, all right, we have seven more minutes, everyone. And I just counted it down that way. And it luckily thinking about it in hindsight, I should have like gotten shot. Like that room was no place. And he's asked me to come back. He's like, you got to come back. I was like, bro, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good on that. Unless yeah. the price quadrupled. Because um, that was just one of like, yeah, you got to fill your time to actually get paid. Yeah. Because we need a, a white boy. Yeah. We need white boy. White boy Joel. They're like, we don't give a shit if you bomb or what. We need white You're people. to add diversity to the show. I, people would call me Ben all the time. Yeah. And we, we look nothing alike. <laughs> I thought that was funny too. I always get mistaken for you too, right? You're like 6'4", right? I'm like, yeah. like 6'4". I'm like five. I'm five, like ten and three quarters. You dark six hair, four, dark hair, brown <laughs> eyes, your blonde hair, blue eyes. <laughs> they call me Joel. They and you had a ben. beard back then too. Yeah, like none of it made sense. But all white people look the same. There's still a video on YouTube. Uh, it says comedian. <laughs> it says comedian Joel Byer. No, no, I'm sorry. It says comedian Ben Palmer, and it's you. <laughs> uh, like, wow. Oh, I love it. That's gonna stay up there. So, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Sir, if you're listening to this, find that video and thumbs up it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, for the algorithm. But yeah, I guess we we got all there saying you're like the first person. I think I came up. I came up with people who were doing well now, but like we were in like yeah the trenches together, yeah, doing like the worst of the worst shows mm -hmm. on a like a weekly nightly basis. So now to see where you're at now, it's really dope because even back then. You were already doing the initial version 
of what you have now. I mean, doing the stock photos and all that. Right. Which you were basically doing memes before they were even memes. Yeah. Like you were ahead of the curve, but at shows you would be working on this stuff. So it's like to see where you're at now, people are like, oh man, he just popped on social media. But like you planted this seed and have been like harvesting it for like years before it actually like paid off. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think the first show was, um, I think eight years ago. And then it was like, yeah, it was at the hangar in Atlanta, uh, which no longer exists apparently. Yeah, I, I haven't been there. Yeah, I don't think so. Because um, they had a big screen, and the, you know that was like a cool place to do comedy. And so they hosted my first show. It was probably, you know, I had other comics perform, and then I probably did like ten minutes of performance, just like stock photos, and that was it. And it was me. And I was in the back of the room voicing the stock photos that I was putting on the screen. Hilarious. I had pre-written lines. And then it did well, and so I was like, okay, I want to do that again. And then I think the next time I did it, it was the same place. And um, in between shows, I had done a new bit where I was responding to people and pretending to be customer service for like Uber and other random companies and just signing my name as uh, Ben Palmer Freelance Customer Service Representative. <laughs> and, uh, and people were falling for it back then, which I still don't. I'm like, I don't know how you're falling for that. It's, my name is right there. But I'd be like give it like a snarky response and then sign my name ben palmer freelance customer service rep so then i started putting those in the show and then those started doing well and then yeah the show just kept kept growing and i kept trying different different things from uh, what was working online and seeing what would work on the show and uh, it wasn't always the same sometimes things work better online for mm. various reasons uh, maybe like delivery or like attention span um, if it's too long or something or yeah, or sometimes things are just funny when funnier when you read it. Um, so then I would just like keep doing bits that was working online. That was like my first check mark. Okay. It worked online. Let's try it on stage. Oh, didn't work on stage or it did work on stage. Keep it in the show. Cool. And then, yeah, sort of just build the show that way. And then when did it transition? Like you're doing this on Facebook and you start to get a lot of traction with like the city of Atlanta page mm-hmm. and like really leveling up your trolling, creating these fake Facebook pages and stuff. But like when does it, I mean, I guess when does it get to a point because you just kept doing it. And I've had so many ideas on social media where I'm like, yeah, I'm this person on social media. And then like two weeks later or maybe a week later or a day later, I'm like, that was a dumb idea. I don't want to commit to it. There's like a lot of fear and hesitation to like post on social media. And then yeah. if it, especially if it doesn't work. So like you seem to have like broken through all that resistance of those early days of like, or did it always work actually? Cause it was just so unique. No, I mean, so for every one thing that you see in my show, there's been a, a hundred that, that didn't make it uh-huh. stuff. I've deleted so many posts you know it's like no it didn't work didn't work so yeah wow. I mean, it's not it's not like you know simple it's definitely really the same thing as doing stand-up like regular telling jokes at open mics it's the same thing you just like let's see if it works nope that didn't that didn't go over well throw it out keep trying or rewrite it or some you know maybe the delivery is off and keep trying and then oh yeah that worked uh i've had that happen with like a bit or two where like uh, it's not working. You know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm like, you know what? Let me try it one more time. Like, oh, it worked that night. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. And now yeah. it's like killing because I got the delivery right somehow. I don't know what was wrong with it. Mm-hmm. It's like, but I tried a different way to say it. And now I sped it up or I just came out better. And now I know how to say it kind of thing. Too much car. Too much car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
That was a, yeah, an old <laughs> classic. Joel's talking about an old joke where I would say, because well, I used to just do short one-liners with my stand-up, and, and I would say, uh, oh, yeah, they say too much of anything is a bad thing. And uh, like, it's true, because I knew someone who got hit by a car, and I'm like, too much car. It's too much car. <laughs> That's just too much car. Yeah, yeah it's just silly stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> so when did it, how long into posting all these things did it, like, start to like pop for you because literally like i mean we've we've kept in touch as much as like people who just like live across the country do you know right. but like then i saw you post all these tour dates and i was like wait where'd ben like ben's on the road good for him and then i i look up and you're like oh he has almost three million followers on tiktok you know so i was like when did stuff how long into this like journey of you pumping all this out did you start to maybe it become like an actual fan base and not just mm -hmm. like things people were sharing for the virality of it. Right. So there was always been that, like my images or screenshots would go viral, but no one knew who posted it because mm -hmm. I'm using anonymous names and like I'm pretending to be corporations. There's no signature on it that says Ben. There's no link. People would always copy it and paste it and never link back to me. So uh, I'd be like, they'd be like, oh, did you see this? You're going viral. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not really going viral. Like my shit's going viral. I, I'm happy about it, but still no one's coming to my shows. Right, right, so, right. So um, I was doing my shows. Uh, I started doing them in Atlanta. Then I moved to LA and trying to get it seen in LA. I was literally just saving up for a little projector that I could bring with me to any open mic in LA and plug it in and do my show like anywhere. Because I'm like, I need to be, I make this more visible or you know, for my shows, I have to make sure the sound, make sure that the, the images work. I have to have a projector. I have to set up a laptop on the stage, plug it in, make sure it fits. It's hard to squeeze all that shit in and do your show in three minute sets, you know, five <laughs> yeah, minutes. Yeah, LA Open Mic's doing this. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I could only do like shows and then hopefully someone would come see the show. But, like, you know, and then, like, I was doing, you know, some festivals, Sketchfest, San Francisco Sketchfest booked me three years in a row. They were, like, literally, like, a life preserver tossed to me wow. being out in L.A. because it was like, oh, you're here you go. You have an audience. You're opening for somebody. And you have a crowd to see your stuff. And it was, like, validating because I'm like, okay, this show is good. People like it. People are laughing. But no one knows who I am. Even that. So, I don't know if you had it recording before we started. I was talking about tech issues. I'll just recap the story real quick. I was opening for, uh, it was like Nick Kroll and like two other people that do an improv team together. Um, Nick Kroll, Jason Mansukis, and Seth Morris. They called Marzuknik. They had like oh, wow. 2,000 people, 1,600, something like that, in a theater. I was going up first with no host. My shit was plugged in. We did tech rehearsal before it was plugged in. Um, and I had like a, a placeholder on screen that was like a sloth. Uh, just so I knew it would like my shit's working. It's up there. Uh -huh. Like a minute before the show. Hey, Ben, you ready to go on? Yeah. Oh, by the way, the sloth, something's going on with your screen. I look out there. It's like off the screen. I'm like, oh, shit. Literally the biggest crowd I've ever performed for. So I went out there. Hey, everyone. I started trying to press click to the next slide. Nothing's happening. The sloth's still jacked up. Just uh -huh. sitting there. I had to run to the back of the room, unplug it, plug it back in. It went back on. I ran back to the stage. Because I'm only got 20 minutes. Did my shit. And I, there we go. And, and, and it went well. But it was like nerve-wracking as shit. Anyways, long story short. Oh, I was going to say about that. The whole show, I was like in the dark on stage. They didn't have a spotlight on me. So after I performed, I got off. 
And like at the end of the show, you know, you feel great. You all, whenever you have a good set, you always want to like just be at the door, like to like the of show. Of course, yeah, yeah. If yeah, you bomb, yeah. you're not there. Of course, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> See you later. I'm going. I'll be going to another open mic. <laughs> so I want, you know, I wanted to soak in some love. No one knew who I was. That I was in the dark the whole time. So no one said anything to me at all. They oh, just walked out. man. So that was like kind of like a little microcosm of how it felt to do my my stuff, period. Because it's like, yeah, I'm doing great, but no one knows who the hell I am. Long story short. So I'm in L.A. doing Uber and Lyft trying to save up for this little projector so I can get seen in L.A., right? Wow. Doing Uber and Lyft and then... Show, telling people about Hot Breath. You were playing Hot Breath? <laughs> I, I was playing. Well, I wasn't playing it. Did I play it for people? I thought I thought you had messaged me before saying you play hot breath when you're driving people around. Yes, but I have it in my ear. Oh, I'm listening to hot breath. It. Oh, okay. They think I'm in silence. I got hot breath in there. <laughs> They're like, this guy's really nice and calm. I'm like, I don't give a shit about him. Listen to I'm in the hot breath verse right now. I love it. I love it. <laughs> driving people around for Uber and Lyft. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, um, yeah, saving up. Oh, I got a few more hundred dollars to make for this projector. Coronavirus. Boom. It was like, okay, I can't do, I was like, almost going to do Uber. I'll go the next day. I was like, you can't get in the Uber car right now. Like the world's coming to an end. Exactly. We're going to die. A month before that, I had bought a green screen. I had heard about TikTok and I was like, you know what? I remember when Vine came out, I felt like I completely missed that boat. I was like, Vine was like one of those things that was just skyrocketing and you hop on and you go with the wave. And I didn't have anything for it. And I didn't know what to do. And I was like, damn, it sucks. I just didn't do Vine at all. I heard about TikTok and I was like, this is like a new Vine. I got to make videos for this. I got to get on there. The thing is, is I didn't want to put my videos out there because I didn't want my special little show to be just for free online. And like, then, like, then why? Then were they going to come to the show and see the same thing? Like, right. I know. Um, so in my mind, I'm like, I can't. I can't do that. I can't put my videos out there. But then when coronavirus happened, no one was doing comedy shows anyway. And so I was like, well, shit, now I got to might as well put my shit out there because we're all at home and there's no comedy show anyway. Right. So then I started putting like the bits that I had honed on TikTok just in the form of a video and me presenting it at home. In the green, like the green screen videos you do, you were just doing that version of it for the older bits. Yeah. Okay. So then I put, you know, I put a couple of videos out there. And one comment was like, question, why did you post this? I'm like, you know, it's got like three views. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> it still stings. It still hits you. What do you mean, why did I post this? Because I shut the fuck up. So I'm like, at first I'm like, I don't know if these people on TikTok are going to give two shits about my Facebook trolling because they're young kids, mm-hmm. you know, Gen Z. They're not on Facebook. And then one video did well. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, shit, look. Oh, it's growing. Oh, look. Look at the views. Me and my wife were like, look, look, look. Oh, Which shit. one? It was the uh, Target one. Target. Uh, can't give it away. No, actually, it doesn't matter. Target. So um, it was a bit about. And you know what's funny? You went to, so Joel came to my show last night. I have a closing bit that I do at the very end of the show. I forgot to do it. I did the little Q&A. Yeah. And I was supposed to close it with a, the Target one. Oh, okay. And I forgot. As I'm taking pictures of people, I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot to do the fucking closing bit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> people still had a great time yeah. and waited in line to take your photo. Right. Been <laughs> Yeah. And so now that guy, why did you post this? Look at me now, motherfucker. Yeah, taking fam. pictures of the fam. Gucci <laughs> gang. No, I even responded to him like petty, you know, like like a million followers later. Like, this is why. Uh, a million but, you know, later. I'm like, I'm like, get over yourself, man. Stop it. 
Just let it go. <laughs> but so yeah, the, the target one popped, and then you just how many are you? Po- how many were you posting a day, or like what's? The- oh, just um, one a day. Well, once they started doing well, my wife was like, "You have to post every day now." And so then I posted all my content on there, all the good stuff that I knew worked, and then then it started really growing and feeding each other um, like that. So, uh, and then it was like. Uh, started running out of stuff because all my content was out there and I'm like, oh shit, now I got to write more stuff and keep it going. And that's, yeah, pretty much just been going like that. How many followers did you get to when you were like, oh no, I'm out of stuff? Oh, that's a good question. Maybe a couple hundred thousand or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe a little more, but yeah, just like, but then, you know, so I have to write new stuff and then, you know, sometimes the new stuff doesn't do as good, but then like, yeah. Oh, there's a new one that worked and then keeps growing from there. Yeah. And then just keep, man, just keep doing it. Would the ones you take to the stage are those ones that have like proven themselves online? Yeah. Like, and you had like deleted scenes that was almost like open mic for the bit almost. You were just like, here's a thing. Do you want me to keep it or not type yeah. deal? Yeah. Yeah, so I have. Sorry, like, I don't want to give away the. It's okay. All the sauce. So I have like the main part of the show that I do, which I was talking about. It's and hilarious, then, and you should all go see Ben <laughs> live. It's awesome. And then after that, I have a bunch of random shit that I felt like if I put in the main part of the show, it would just be too long, or I didn't didn't know where to put it. I felt like the quality of the main part might go down if I put it in there, but at the end. I don't remember when I started doing this, but I was like, maybe I should just put these other random bits at the end and then I'll call them like the deleted scenes and I'll see if anybody wants to see those. People are always like, yeah, yeah, we want to see them. And so then I'm like, all right, well, I need your help figuring out whether or not this is good or not. And so we'll play a game called we'll keep it or we'll leave it. And mm-hmm. so then, yeah, that's what Joel's talking about. And then I do the the deleted scenes and then the audience gets to yell out whether they like it or not. Um, honestly, I think it's just like an excuse to get people re- re-engaged in the material because you know, the whole time you're watching a screen and sometimes I feel like if my show watching a screen goes like a little long, you know, people might get uh, kind of tired or it's different, you know? So I feel like there's, it's a way to get them kind of uh, shuffling in their seats a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they yell, you know, and now they're like, you know, and so it's like a back and forth with the crowd yeah, now yeah, yeah, instead yeah. of just a 20 minute presentation where no one says anything or like no one. So yeah, it's just like a little... A little game to get people smart get though people going yeah brings the engagement up yeah wow <laughs> um so yeah about a million in you ran out of material no a couple hundred thousand and you ran out of material so then is that when you started doing like the prank calls and stuff no that was uh i haven't started doing prank calls later Oh, okay. As you're just yeah. trying to like think of more and more ways to like come up with content and things. Yeah. Well, I started making fake Google ads. Someone was like, hey, you know, you can just hilarious. You can yeah, make yeah. a Google ad and you see that you don't have to pay for it. Just make the ad and then just take the screenshot. It's like a draft. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> so I was making the Google ads and posting them and people were laughing. I was like, wait, what if I call the company and be like, hey, did you see this Google ad? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was online and I saw this ad. <laughs> 
And it says, I think the couple ones I did were like Applebee's and uh, Olive Garden. It was like Applebee's, $5 margaritas, get shit-faced at Applebee's. <laughs> like, there's no shame in it. I'm like, did you see this on there's your no website? There's no shame in it. It says, and then I, yeah, and then I had like this, uh, this is website where you can play a voice. Like, you have AI voices, you could type in and they say whatever you say. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, it actually has a play button. And they're like, it has a play button? I'm like, yeah. And I hit play, I'm like, get shit-faced at Applebee's. There's no shame in it. And they're like, oh my God. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna send that to the tech team. <laughs> so yeah, I did a couple of those. And then um, you know, I've always well, I don't know if I've always, but I've somewhere along the way I was doing like multi-level marketing companies, trolling them online. But like the thing was with those is like uh I feel like a lot of those people who are sucked into those multi-level marketing schemes are almost like victims. So I'm like, I don't think there's a lot of value in trolling them, but maybe I can try to troll the people at the top of the company, the CEOs yeah. and like the actual company. And so then um I started emailing those people and pretending to be a reporter with a fake made up newspaper that I made on my own that like looks like another newspaper. Because where I'm at, I'm in Colorado now. We have the Coloradoan. And so I made the Coloradoan Times. The, the domain is available for like uh, 10 bucks. You, know? uh-huh. <laughs> you buy it for 10 bucks and then you can have an email address. You know, Ben at ColoradoanTimes.com. Right? I made my name Jackie Jones. Like a, just a standard like name. You're like, who's Jackie Jones? You know, like, who is this person? And then sign my name, Coloradoan Times. And then I'd email them a quote, a fake quote that I made about them basically a joke you know a meme that i wrote that i wanted them to see and uh, i think the first one was like herbalife it was like uh, a joke about uh it was like a quote i picked a random executive at herbalife and made it look like uh, made a meme that made him look like he said uh you want to get out of the nine to five cycle just for recruit nine to five friends and and then i was like and then recruit more and more of those friends and because that's what you have to do or you have to recruit, yeah. technically have to recruit like 36 million people to make any money <laughs> yeah 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 and so um and uh and then i emailed it to me he's like that is not me that's a blatant misappropriation of, of my name and he's like where did you get this and i was like my friend sent it to me from a friend who told me <laughs> 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 that's hilarious so, so that was one of, one of the first ones and then i you know i always just listen to people's feedback that's how my shit grows nice people say more 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 the customer service thing they like had a spark you're like i'm doing content it's going all right all of a sudden customer service boom is a spark people are engaged more boom dive in do more um so the sending the reporter emails people boom that was hilarious do more all right i'll do more do more multi-level marketing companies um, the phone calls, uh, with those, I was just, yeah, looking for more stuff to do, just combining my different little tools. All right. Okay. I can call people now as long as, uh, it's okay to record in their state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <So> nothing. Wow. <laughs> you only get charged with wiretapping apparently. Oh. Never thought about that before, but like, you've been to avoid all that, right? No legal issues or anything. No legal issues yeah. yet. No. So when I call people, if they're in a state like Texas or Florida, I have to be like, Hey, I'm recording this call. Otherwise, technically it's like wiretapping. Wow. <laughs> I thought that if it didn't matter what state you're in, as long as I was in the state that had two party consent, I'm in Colorado. Then I read more and was like, oh, no, it matters what state they're in, too. So Glad you read more. I know. <laughs> I'm like, read more. We would not be here right now. We'd be doing this from a, there'd be a plexiglass wall between us. 
Oh, shit. Yeah. So the phone calls, yeah, he brought up the phone calls. So then I was just like trying different ways to get get a hold of these people, you know, because it's hard to break through. Any a CEO, I'm like, I want them to see this shit. And I was getting tired of handling the, dealing with like the PR people. But like, right. no, this is for them. So I was like, maybe I'll try calling some of them and some of them pick up. <laughs> these CEOs of these big companies. Yeah. Wow. They're not like, you know, it's it's not like Exxon Mobil or anything. No, these are legit companies. Right. <laughs> yeah, these are real. Yeah, they're, they're they're real. Yeah. I mean shit, they're making a lot of money. They're yeah. Making millions of dollars. And real funny too. Yeah, this is a... Uh... Oh, Sue said low volume. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, thanks, Sue. Look, as long as we get a good recording for the podcast, yeah, I, I think, think that's what. I'm pretty sure we can hear. Let's. That sounds really good. Yeah, it's good enough. Sorry, Sue. Let me see. Yeah, we can hear us. Oh, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, Sue. Come on, Sue. You should have seen us at the beginning, Sue. That's my mom's name, so maybe that's her. Maybe that was Sue. She's trolling us. <laughs> or maybe she's making fun of your voice. That's just how Ben talks. Yeah. You know, that's just how he talks. Mm-hmm. Thank y'all for hanging out, man. This is um, it's so cool, and I know people had volume is low, but you can be heard. Oh, okay. Mm. Well, I mean, I can turn it up. Well, really, at this point, though, if I turn it up, then it'll be inconsistent in the audio and then for the podcast, yeah. you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Technical stuff that, which you have a podcast now. Yeah. What, what are you doing? What are you doing over there? What are you What are you doing now, Ben? You're viral? I'm shutting the podcast off. <laughs> it's too much work. <laughs> oh, my, dude, I can't tell you how many people have asked me, especially during the pandemic, like podcast questions. And then mm. they do like four episodes and they're like, dude, how have you done over 400? <laughs> they're incredible. like, what are you doing over there? It truly is incredible, man. Yeah, it is not it is not easy. All the tech stuff, the podcasting, the scheduling people. The bo- yeah, the booking is a pain. It's all. Pre- preparing the research you do is is fantastic. I mean, your your podcast is severely underrated and i know you have a lot of listeners but it's still severely underrated it's like one of the best comedy podcasts there is i agree (laughs) (laughs) it really is it's it's fantastic you had a lot of a lot of classic episodes one of my favorite ever was uh trey mo remember trey mo yeah Yeah. dude His, his was very impactful for me because he was talking about becoming a slave to your algorithm and he's talking about like on facebook like Facebook takes your fans and they put them in like a little unlocked, you know, you get it. Like, where are my fans at? Like, I have a million followers, but when I post about how I'm going to perform in Fort Lauderdale, only three people responded. So he said, you need to get your fans off of that Facebook, get them to you so you can don't have to be a slave to the algorithm because Facebook could suspend you one day. And mm-hmm. it's the same thing today with, with TikTok. If my TikTok shuts down, they're gone. And then what did I, did I get anything at? Or how do I get a hold of those people that were on TikTok? They're gone because TikTok decided that my videos, they didn't like my videos. You anymore. just got suspended, sh- didn't shut you? them out. Yeah, I guess you just, I got, it said I was permanently banned. And I was like, well, that's it for me. But I, they put me back up, but I had to post on Instagram and be like, hey, does anybody know anyone from TikTok that can help me get my account back? And, uh, and people did some, I don't know which person helped, but people tried. And then all of a sudden it was, it was back. 
Um, and so, and so that's super important. That like, must be scary, dude. Like, if you build up to like several million followers and it's gone overnight, you must be like, wait, my wait, where's my life? Just yeah, what? like, because that's how you're like touring and all that. I know, I know. It's like, yeah, the the touring it really affects the touring. My videos and my ticket sales are are connected. So you I mean, can see a correlation between the absolutely. two. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. So like tonight I got to post a video because I have shows coming up. I got to get the people in the seats. Uh, I post a video out if it does well. Well, regardless, I comment on it and say, "Hey, I'm going to be in Florida this week. Here's where I'm going to be at." So, if the video does well, the Florida ticket sales go up with it. And mm. if it doesn't do well, it stays there. And you're pretty much at you're at Square one with it. So are you, are you collecting emails? How are you like Tremo said you need to like have your audience? Yeah, Tremo, I definitely I did exactly what he told on the on that. He said get emails and then when you do shows at the clubs, get the emails from the clubs too. So then you can email them again like a year later and say, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm back at the club. So yeah. I, I did exactly what he told me to. And then um <laughs> no, that's dope. I was just looking at Tremo right now. Tremo, I was thank just you. At Tremo. I always wanted. To, I think I messaged him too. Like, dude, I love your podcast interview with Joel. It's fantastic. Help me out. He brings the sauce, dude. Yeah, he's been on twice now. So yeah, I started doing that when people would. Oh, that was when I was just heavy on Facebook. When I, I didn't make TikTok videos yet. When people joined my Facebook group, I would say, "What's your email address? I'll email you if I go to a show." And then they would either leave the email or not. Got a bunch of emails that way. Um, now I do now my most effective method is say, Hey, what city are you in? Message me on Instagram or message me on TikTok. What city you're in? And I'll try to come. So then they message me and I go to their profile and I save it under a a Chrome bookmark, you know, Google Chrome. It doesn't matter what browser I bookmark their profile Mm. and I put it. So this person said, uh, Birmingham, okay, this is Birmingham. I save it under the Birmingham folder. And then every other person from Birmingham put it in that folder. Mm. Then when I get a show in Birmingham, I open my Birmingham folder and I message them and I say, hey, ticket links are up in Birmingham. And that's helped. Oh, that's wow. worked. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, you- that helped me do, get people to sell tickets for last night. Really? Yeah. They say, come to Atlanta, come to Atlanta. And then and then I message all the people that said, come to Atlanta. Oh, on like social, you don't, but not email. This was still on social media? This is, yeah, either a, a TikTok message or an Instagram message. I also have a sign-up form on my website where they can sign up and either leave their phone number or their email, mm-hmm. and then I'll either text them or email them. Um, I found that I think the most effective way for me through whether it be inst- uh, email, text, uh, or Instagram or TikTok, just literally just the Instagram message as works because... Mm-hmm. With the email, you have like spam folder issues, which I found like, I don't know, sometimes they work or I'm like, the text thing, uh, I think that might be a little more effective than email, but it's still like, I'm not sure there. Yeah, it's going to be all spammy too. Yeah, because yeah, like it's coming from a different number, you know, unless you use your number, you could, but it's still then like, I don't know, you know, it's like, they're going to be like, who is this random number? Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Instagram, because then they are, they already reached out to you. And then you're just responding back to their message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that, that's worked best so far. And is this all you? Do you have a team? Do you have anyone? Sounds like your wife will help some. She gives... <laughs> what? My wife? You think she helps? <laughs> oh, you said earlier that she's like, you should be posting more. Once, no. it, once it worked, you're like, my wife said that I should post every day. No, no, dude. My wife... No? I'd be nowhere without my wife. Amen to that. <laughs> Amen to that. Come on, buddy. Come Let's on. go. Come on. <laughs> Listen, my wife, my wife is just, she's just smart. 
she's she's smart and she knows uh, she works in marketing, but she doesn't do social media shit. But she's just a smart person, so she gives me good advice all the time. Uh huh. She helps me deal with people better. She helps. She's helped me be more professional, and I'm emailing people. Like I'm better. Like I'm more autonomous now. But it was because my wife programmed me. <laughs> she's like, "Why would you say that? Why would you email somebody that? You know, like I'm like blunt in the email. And I'm, Is this good? She's like, "No, delete all of that." <laughs> No, um, as far as like doing like that kind of work, no. She has so much. She works so much herself that I do all all my booking. I'm, hold on, I'll get. There. I'll do all my like messaging people and marketing all that stuff myself. However, however, um, several months ago, four or five months ago, so I was booking all my own shows. I did a show in Washington D.C. that I booked myself, and I had an opener that they booked that I happen to know from Cleveland from when I started comedy. Um, and he opened for me and, um, and then after the show, he was like, you know, I had people come to the show. So I was like, wow, you're really like working, you know, he's giving me advice. Um, he said, here, you can have all these emails, try hitting all these people up. So I emailed all the people that he gave me, whether it be like club owners or like someone were like agents, one person responded and, uh, and now she booked shows for me, uh, in addition to, to my booking. Oh, so wow. like the dates that you see on my, on my calendar maybe like half for me and half for her. And she's got ins with clubs that wouldn't respond to me, that didn't respond to me before. Uh-huh. And now she's, she's getting me in there. Wow, the one person that responded. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Good for you, man. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, so make sure to have, make sure to get married. Um, yes. And make sure they have more money than you do. Yes. <laughs> Which, if you're a comedian, is not hard to do. <laughs> it is not. It is not hard. I remember you had the Craigslist roommate. Yeah. And you have a roommate from Craigslist. Yeah. I lived when a uh, goat farm. Mm-hmm. My, my roommate was a terror. It was it was really bad. <laughs> That's right. You lived at the goat farm. I forgot about that. It was that. really bad. But, you know, and then the studio apartment on uh, in the hood of Boulevard. Atlanta on yeah. Boulevard pre-gentrification you let me sleep on your couch one night with my power I didn't pay my bill <laughs> uh, so I needed a place to crash I wanted like a little couch tour while my power was out and you threw me up on the couch on Boulevard my partner I'm fine to <laughs> Joel's also the only me and Joel the only hot breath of verse um, people that have done I'm the, the only guests that have done uh, that we've done mushrooms with you I think I think so. You're yeah, the first person I've ever done mushrooms with. Period. I was. Yeah, I'd never done mushrooms before. Was that with Avocado Bo? That was what Bo McIndale. Oh, did we just blow That's up right, his spot? Avocado we Bo. got it because he brought avocado. <laughs> <laughs> Doing mushrooms, eating avocado. Dude, I'm out at the goat, goat farm. It was dope. That was pre like goat farms all like buttoned up now. This was back when it was still a little more accessible and whatnot. Yeah, sitting on the railroad tracks, stayed up till freaking like four or five in the yeah. morning, just feeling great. I yeah. remember me and you were were like rivals. Like we used to, like we were always cordial, but we were competitive, and we were doing the same shows, and we we're the white boys, you know. Mm-hmm. We're going for the, and they're always pinning us up against each other. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like the white boys, <laughs> I like Joel better. I like Ben, you know. So it's like <laughs> a natural, like we're placed in this natural competitive spot, and you're you're comp- a competitive dude. I mean, I, I just, right? I want to succeed. Yeah. And so you am know, I. No, yeah. no one's going up there to bomb or anything. Right. So I felt like, and then Bo, Bo was like another white dude that would do, you know, the black comedy spots. But white is, like he, he, 
He had a joke about looking high yellow. I mean, he could go either way. Totally. Yeah, he's like an ambiguous. And he was like older, like. He's the older, like, dad. And he yeah. came in and said, let's do some some mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, dad. Thanks, dad. Wherever he is. And now. I feel like ever since then, then, like, I looked at you in a different light because we tripped together. And it was like, and I would be like, in my head, like, oh, shit, this is going south. Like. I'm tripping hard and you and Bo were just so silly and just like cracking up and just being hilarious. And like, and then I would just be lost in whatever you guys were doing. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's people, people now they're studying uh, mushrooms as like for like medicinal application for like PTSD and like depression. And like, it's actually having real world effects. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not just some like, you know, just trippy drug but there's actual like medicinal application and i don't mean like marijuana medicinal where it's like well if you cough until you throw up then it's healthy or whatever but like it can actually help you you know so the same with mushrooms in general i watched a crazy documentary just about like mushrooms in general and how they're basically like the brain of the world and there's this whole underground just neural network where all like the fungus are basically kind of like yeah, they're really like the brain of nature. That's wild. So when you eat them, there's actually a real life effect that it has on you just through like biologically. So yeah. there's there's a lot of cool things um, just around mushrooms in general that I think during the pandemic I started to learn and like research about and really start to look at different ways of how, oh, maybe, you yeah. know, well, yeah, there's something to that. Yeah, I swear like ever since then, ever since then, I was like, we were just like a different level of, of connected. It was like we, we tripped together. We just like had all this laughter together. Mm-hmm. We saw each other at just like our like you were just different. You were like <laughs> so funny and like so quick witted. And I'm like, what? oh, it was funny. It's like you're you were never funny, Joel. But then you were actually funny. And I was like, but, oh, maybe we can be. Friends. But dude, it's different. It's different when of like, course like yeah, tripping yeah. on mushrooms. Funny. It's like, dude, it's just like it's so different. Like. I, I wish I could go back and see like all the things that we were saying because I was just, I mean, you just giggle and laugh and it's just like just a different level of like, you're, it's just like cleansing. You're like a mm-hmm. kid again almost. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, Yeah, and I remember one time I haven't tripped that much. Uh, I tripped again and then I did it by myself and then I, <gasps> call, I called you because I was like, I'm by myself. I'm in an apartment by myself and i called you you talked to me on the phone do you remember i don't remember that yeah you talked to me on the phone for a while and then my phone died <laughs> and then i was like uh and i was like my charger was in my car and i was like i'm not going out there to get the charger <laughs> and i just like enjoyed the rest of the trip oh. and you helped me in the beginning oh, wow. that beginning's when it comes on strong wow like, yo i don't remember that but that wow i am such a good person <laughs> wow yeah, man. Wow. Wow, I don't remember that. Yeah. And then you talking about your car makes me think of your joke about the guy trying to carjack you and oh, the yeah. car doesn't crank. And you're like, well, pop the hood. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Think it was your alternator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like my, my signature <laughs> bit for the longest. It's so funny. <laughs> but now you do this. Do you miss stand? I mean, this is a form of stand-up. And I could see your delivery and your timing. Because part of what makes the show is like your timing, like you're just you're so your comedic timing is so on from doing stand up for so long, but it's still not it's still slightly different mm-hmm. and like it's a different type of writing mm-hmm. as well versus like it's more experiential based versus like someone carjacking you and you trying to find something funny out of it. It's like 
same writing muscle, but just kind of maybe like used at a different way. Yeah. So like, do you, do you miss doing stand up, or is this like, it's it's just as gratifying? It is just as gratifying. Oh, I, that's good. Yeah, I don't, I don't, um, I don't miss it because every time I try to do it, I still try to do it. <laughs> you know, because I I can go up in the beginning and just try bits out. I, I do it. And then, and then I'm like, well, that didn't go as good as this. So why fight the tide? Why fight the tide? You know, that's, yeah. I mean, this is like what people like and this is what I'm good at. And so, yeah, it's okay. I, cool. yeah, I don't feel any, any qualms about it. I'm like, I still love it. You still get the same rush. You know, you still get when people laugh, it's just, it's just the same, same shit. Yeah. Okay. Good. 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 I can just sometimes as comedians, we can like over romanticize like being a only a comedian or being exclusively like. But I, I like. But I stand there and I, I tell jokes and anything that takes me away from that is like in the way. Mm-hmm. So I could even, I could even see like me. Maybe I'm just projecting on you, but I feel like I could see like me like if for if like I was like doing these like talking head videos like the green screen and stuff and then it goes viral i could see my ego being like but i'm a stand-up and my live show is going to be stand-up and they'll just deal with it but you're actually like well this is what the audience wants i enjoy this just as much so yeah. why not yeah you know but some sometimes i can be self-conscious especially with it when it comes to social media that's why i'm not that consistent with anything because i'll start to commit and then like get scared or self-conscious and then like go back into my shell somewhat. Mm. I haven't really tried to like bust it open, as I say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's busting it open is tough, and that's yeah. I mean, I think you've you've said that before. Is like go to where the fear is, and the yeah, other side of the fear. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's it's true though. It's scary out there. I I like doing the shows and people have preconceptions that have never seen me before. I'm like, oh, he's a TikToker or whatever. Mm-hmm. They don't know that where the work's been, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was out here in these streets with you, you know, in the trap house, mom's house and shit, you know? <laughs> Big time and... <laughs> yeah. Dude, all like, of them. Y'all, so I have that confidence from that, uh, those experiences, all those down in the trenches experiences that night after, night after night probably sucked, you know, and you feel like shit and yeah. you're and you're not doing good, you're not getting paid any money and people are like, you're broke as fuck. <laughs> Why are you working at Publix? I think that's why there were so many times we should have gotten robbed. Like the places we went, dude, like in hindsight, it's like, yo, I no business being there. Yeah. But like, I feel like one, us showing up, you almost got respect. Just like, oh, they're in here. So we'll at least give them a chance. But then they hear our sets and they're like, oh, well, this guy's living in the hood. This guy's living with a Craigslist roommate. It's like yeah. we don't need to rob them. They need a we they need a tip jar. Is yeah, like how yeah. they saw us, I guess. Yeah, you were always good at just getting people on your side from the jump, just talking about your real life. And that is just it's just funny. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I never wanted to like pander or yeah, try to if like a joke worked in like a hood room, but not in like at like the laughing skull or something, I would like get rid of it. Like I want to make sure the jokes worked everywhere. Yeah. You know, which is comes down to just like writing about you like your life and your experiences and it'll translate across cultures yeah it's not it's not easy to do it's not that's why not many people do it there's not many people who who can do it it's it's tough it's tough so the question is why am i not famous that's the question just end the podcast (laughs)
just leave. Just walk out and just leave me here. Like, <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm very grateful for where I'm at. I am. No, I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at for sure. It's like some between two firms shit. You know? <laughs> no, I'm grateful for where I'm at and I, I'm appreciative of people like you that like show like they just shows the hard work pays off you know what i mean it's like you've been grinding at it and you've been working at it and you've just been consistently hitting it and then now it's like it's like working and you're like okay cool yeah yeah it is and the grass is always greener as well to where like someone probably hearing this and like what are you talking about you have this podcast you're like right. you do shows like you you're a professional comedian like you did make it right you know but there's always i guess grass is always greener i gotta show gratitude yeah, we forget about where we're where we're at sometimes. We're always yeah. thinking about the next place we want to be, and and I still am like that. I'm like, I'm still not selling out whole weekends. I'm not doing Thursday through Saturday, and I'm not, you know, making so much money where my wife could quit her job and we live in a big house. And so there's all these other things that you want that you keep wanting. And I think it's good to um, like picture those things and keep trying to work at them, but then. You can't forget about the things that you did. That you did, you feel good about the things that you've done. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I remember listening to Jim Carrey. I don't know some YouTube video. He said he, when he was poor and homeless, he used to imagine himself being like a millionaire, successful comedian. He was like, because it just felt good to do that. And I was like, oh yeah, that's 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 a good point. Like, okay, thanks for giving me that pass to do that. Like now, I, I'll imagine it. It's like positive visualization. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, it's good. It helps you, and then, and then you feel good, and then. And then your mind starts like slowly working towards it. Your subconscious starts going towards that thing that you imagined, you know, if you keep imagining it, focusing on it. And then, and then you like put the work in, you know, cause you always got to put the work in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, it's good to be happy in, in, in the present and while still working towards what you want, you know, if that's something that you're still doing, still going for shit. Yeah. What do you, what are you working towards? What are you working towards right now? Yeah, so I want to. Um, so right now I'm in the phase where like the comedy clubs are bringing me in on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday or a Thursday, an off night as they call it, and mm-hmm. they're like, let's see how he does in an off night. He brings enough people in. Maybe six months to a year from now, if he's still doing well, we like working with him. We'll bring him back for a weekend. So then you know, if I made two hundred bucks on the off night, uh, sorry, <laughs> no, you're good. Bucks on the off night, then you do Thursday through. So now imagine making 200 bucks a show Thursday through Sunday, you know, now you're making a little bit more money. So that's, that's the goal. The goal is to lay the groundwork with these places I'm going to, and then come back and hopefully um, double or triple my audience grow even more and then have those shows filled out, save enough money. To be honest, the thing I want is um, a house. I want to be able to buy So me and my wife rent a house, want to move, somewhere and buy a house and have uh, that security, have a house to, to live in and, you know, have a yard, you know, we got chickens and we have chickens and then uh, cats oh. and shit and a puppy. Oh, <laughs> so we want to, um, want to move out into a house and yeah. So that's really like the financial goal. Okay. Let's save up as much as we can for a house. Um, and, um, you know, the strategy is, uh, I'm, I'm going to record a comedy special in July and then put it out. Ooh. Yeah. And then hopefully that will, um, help my account grow even more. And then people will see the live stuff that I'm doing as opposed to the at home green screen videos mm-hmm. and then be able to sell more tickets. But now, like now, if you flash forward to that part where like people are, okay, we loved watching his 
45, 30 minute special. Let's buy tickets to a show. Oh, where's the new material at? You know, it's like, yeah, so yeah, yeah. now I'm like, okay, I got to write. I really have to hone in and focus on writing more and then have material ready for when I release the special. So I have to have material for the special, which it's getting there. And then when people start coming to the show after they watch the special, I got to have the new shit in the tank ready to go. For sure. Yeah. When, when, where, where's the special? I'm going to do it. So I live in Fort Collins, Colorado, an hour outside of Denver. I'm going to do it at this place called Rise Comedy in Denver. Um, They used to book me when I lived in LA and they would book me uh, when I had, you know, 12 people in the audience and half of them just came because they saw that there's comedy going on. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Um, And, uh, and uh, now I'm able to bring in, I did one of my first, my first shows where I sold tickets from, uh, and told TikTok people about it. They came and it sold out. It was my first sold out oh show ever. It was wild. Gosh. Shocked. I was shocked. It's only 85 seats. Only 85. Oh, I mean, but it's, it's a lot, right? For like how hard it is to sell one ticket. If you're talking about what we were doing not long ago, <laughs> performing at strip clubs, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. to now be selling out venues based on your ideas it's yeah. like amazing it was wild i was doing a job on craigslist i was cleaning the guy's house that he had he owned it he's like owned like a college kid house he's a landlord and i was helping him clean it i was driving on the way to to the job i emailed them how many tickets are we at and they said 36 i'm like wait what <gasps> i was like what what i was like wait a second what 36 <laughs> i'm like no 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 that's gotta be wrong i had to email them back to like confirm like really like 36 tickets are sold and they're like yeah we're off to a good start i'm like what the fuck? This is crazy. <laughs> Holy shit. People actually are coming to the show. It works. Um, and then, yeah, that one ended up selling out. And then I did another one there. And and they like me there. And it's, like, uh, easy to get there. And, you know, I found a little company to record the, sh- the, the set. And so, yeah, right. hopefully it comes out, comes out clean. Oh, I'm excited for you, man. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Congrats. Yeah, Thanks, that's man. what I did. I did my special at the Basement Theater. Cause they here in Atlanta, cause they were the first place to ever headline me, uh, and like got a lot of my early chops there as well. Uh, that was a venue that actually was a comedy venue. Yeah, it wasn't a nightclub converted into a daycare that then had a shooting, so it reopened <laughs> as like a Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> you know, you know all those things. Yeah, I remember the basement. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. great. It was yeah. fun. Man, this has been good. Do you do you want to answer any of these people's questions? Yeah, of course. Um, so, um, <laughs> what your, what food do you like? Where was that one? Uh, at the bottom, Hannah. Hannah, I like uh, um, I like shrimp cocktail. Although I don't eat, um, I don't eat. I'm vegan now, but I'll you're I'll, vegan now. I'll definitely break for some shrimp cocktail. Are you are you sober? Yeah. Do you drink? I drink, but not. Yeah, I mean, I drink. I try to drink with my wife. You know, like. We're going out. Let's drink together. But yeah, I don't. I um, first couple of shows I did, I would drink afterwards, and then I was like, one show the next day, I felt like shit. And I had a great show the night before. I'm like, man, I feel like shit. And I had a great show. I'm like, I don't want this to happen. Yeah. Anymore. So I'm like, I make a point not to drink after shows anymore. That's smart. Because I mean, I know that's something we we talk about even coming up of just. I mean, like the environment of comedy is it's just like drugs and alcohol yeah you're surrounded it's late at night like you're just you're in that environment and it, it you know i mean people people have fallen off because of that talented people so i yeah. know that's something we always talked about of like trying to keep those kind of things under control yeah definitely. you know 
I suck when I'm high and I had problems getting high uh, and going up on stage and, and uh, just not the same. My wits aren't with me and I'm not mm-hmm. sharp and I'm just like, yeah, it's not good. But then you see like, well, well, so-and-so does it and they kill. Yeah. Like, they have a whole career and brand about 85 it. 85 South, like, just <laughs> share lunch with people and shit. I'm like, yeah, y'all are, y'all are good. Wild. <laughs> That's another level, dude. <laughs> that is... Another level of functionality. Yeah, yeah. But good for them. Yeah, that's another. If you can do it, it's yeah. But that's the thing is like, yeah, we're all different. We know mm-hmm. we all have different uh, mechanics, and so yeah, like figuring out what your best, what your speed is, or what your you know what your how you need to function. Um, yeah, whether it be like don't drink too much coffee, it could be anything. You know, like, of course, yeah. So yeah, favorite food. Your ve- When did you go vegan? Um, well, let's see. It's been like seven, eight months now. Yeah. Whoa. What yeah. sparked that? Uh, Netflix doc. We watched too many Netflix documentaries. I watched one and went vegan for a week and was <laughs> like, I got it. <laughs> like, I'm good. I'm cool with that. That. And uh, I do. Yeah. So I still have fucking colitis. And so I was like, you know what? I have flares every now and then. You know, every, during the pandemic, I was having flares in the. Because you know, you're eating bad and stressed or. Well, I don't even know why. They come up at random times. Oh, OK. And, like, all of a sudden, like now for months and i was in la like months just like having every time i wake up i gotta go to the bathroom dang i mean i'd be like look how many times i went to the bathroom today and it's just like yeah crazy so it was like all right well maybe i'll try veganism because i saw one of the documentaries they said it helped a lot with people's uh irritable bowel diseases and so i was like that's easy enough for me i'll do that shit so yeah it ain't it ain't no thing did it work like is your colitis like much better since then but that's not you know, causality and correlation or whatever. Like, we don't know whether that's because of that. I could still just be in a normal remission mm. if I was eating McDonald's because I could eat McDonald's and be fine. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's like, oh, here it comes. Gotcha. But eight or nine months, how, but yeah. you've been vegan for long enough to maybe test the. Or, yeah. Or just sometimes the. Set up a doctor's appointment and then that, that'll be a good, clear, like, indication. I'm going to do a colonoscopy and then they'll be like, here's how your, your stuff looks. And then that'll be like, Okay, yeah, I'll keep doing this. So, yeah, like, yeah. I try to eat primarily vegetables, but I'm not, yeah, exclusively, yeah, like, vegetarian or vegan or whatever. Yeah. Sugar's my thing. I'm, I try to keep sugar under control. You know what's funny about uh, veganism? You're not supposed to eat, like, meat and chicken or, yeah, all that shit, but the low-key thing you don't know is in the hat, like, 90% of candy is gelatin, and they use, like, cow toenails to make gelatin and so I don't I don't go on candy binges anymore. I used to go to the store and get like a gang load of like sour patch kids. A gang load. A gang go load. home, throw that shit on the couch, get some cream soda, some Coca Cola, you know, <laughs> fucking just load my mouth with gummies and shit, and just chew them and fucking just smash fucking candy. Oh, and I don't do that anymore because my god, that's got fucking cow toenails in there or whatever. I don't know what it is. What's your favorite go to? Now I can do Swedish fish because they, for some reason, it's vegan. Oreos are vegan. But, you know, if you eat 10 Oreos, you're like, ah. Yeah, and then, (laughs) yeah, you're like sugar high and then you're depressed. (laughs) Yeah. So, and there's like the vegan ice cream, which most of it really isn't that great. There's like avocado chocolate ice cream that's halfway decent. Uh, You can make your own avocado like chocolate pudding and stuff too. Yeah. It's probably some good shit. It's good, yeah. Yeah, there's other, like, you don't, you don't suffer as bad as you think. Uh, I do miss a pepperoni pizza. Fucking, mm. I mean, 
And there will be mis- there will be mistakes. Pour one out. There will be mistakes. <laughs> Whether I am but a conscious man. or unconscious. Of course, of course, I am but a man <laughs> trying his best in this world. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but hopefully, it's to keep a main like full time diet of not you know eating red meat and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're you know we're old. We're grown yeah. ups now, man. You gotta yeah. keep it. It falls off. Mm-hmm. It can. It could, it falls apart on you. Oh, it does. Like your body, I feel like after, I mean, and then people older than 30 are like, you know, I'm 34, but people are thinking, you know, white don't crack. <laughs> we marble. All right, we're doing bits now, baby. <laughs> Daryl Dam. Remember Daryl Dam? Well, remember, he's still off. <laughs> Daryl Dam. Remember seeing Daryl Dam at Uptown? He'd always had that bit where he's like, once you turn 30, a strawberry milkshake is the <laughs> devil. Yeah. I'm like, I know exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shit goes through you. So it all, it all, yeah. You gotta, you gotta take care of yourself. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. So, what food do you like? Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Hannah also asked the funniest joke that makes you laugh. Um. So uh, I, I don't know. I'll just say something off the top mm-hmm. uh, that I've been watching. I've been watching Tracy Morgan videos on YouTube. Tracy Morgan interviews, and especially with Conan. Conan and Tracy Morgan have fantastic interviews. Oh, on check YouTube. those out. Yeah. Uh, and he just goes, and he's on there for like eight minutes and it's just going off the rails. And Conan's like, what? Wait, what? Like, can we get like a transcript? How did you get to this place? Uh-huh. But he, and then you think he's going to a place and you're like, he, I don't know what he's talking about. And then he says something else. He's like, I know what he's talking about. You're like, oh, God. So he's leading us to this place. We had no idea where he's going. And then there's a joke there. Like a Norm. Something like a Norm MacDonald bit. Very, yeah. Very yeah. Norm MacDonald, like, in his own way. Um, but, yeah, I think one of the funniest things he says uh, recently, he was talking about, he got hit by a Walmart truck. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, he went into a coma for, like, 10 days. His, he's a really incredible story. But, anyways, he, uh, he makes light of it on the show. And he's like, uh, he says, uh, what's he say? I'm not going to do it a good justice. So you have to watch the video, but he says, I forgave the Walmart truck driver for hitting me. And he's like, you know who didn't forgive him? My white neighbors. He's like, I mean, he does an impression, but he's like, if you didn't hit him, he wouldn't be living next to us. <laughs> <laughs> and now I know Tracy gets all like animated and like big, yeah. like really emphasizes it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. His voice is fantastic. It's hilarious. Oh, it's good. Yo, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it real. Did you watch Byron's set last night before yours? I heard it. I was in the back, um, and I like just listening to the audience because I'm before I'm about to go up, I can't like engage super a lot with yeah. people because I'm like just thinking about shit of the show. That's what I do. As long too, as I hear yeah. people laughing, yeah, like, the show's going good. I mean, he had a bit about it was about, and this is one of my favorite jokes I've heard in a while. But it's basically like poor people inherit. Things like um, like jewelry. Oh no, no! Poor people inherit things like guns, and like rich people inherit thing like things like jewelry. And he talked about I was talking to my friend, and um, he had a nice watch. And I was like, "Oh, I like that watch." And he's like, "Where'd you get it?" And he's like, "Oh, I inherited it from my grandfather." And he's like, "Man, all I got was this gun." <laughs> and then he like pauses and he goes, "Give me that watch." <laughs> and he pulls out the gun. And he goes, "You know what time it is?" <laughs> and I was just like, that, "I mean, that joke." I was talking about it afterwards with Yoshi. That like stuck with me of just like such a, there's like a commentary, but then he also set up this story that had like a really funny flip on it. Like, yeah, there's a lot going on in it. That one, that one stuck with me. Mm. They're, they're great comedians. The way they just craft stuff 
it's uh it's magic you know well i mean mean, what you're doing is yeah i mean i would put it on that level as well i mean no one's doing what you're doing thanks you know what i mean yeah like what you're doing is on that level for sure thanks man but it's just it's just you're just you're ben you're ben you're palmer (laughs) trolls now that's so cool oh my gosh that's so funny (laughs) it's that's so funny um Oh, here we go. Tavis asked. Oh, Tavis That's had a, a comment. One. He said, we were talking earlier, his biography is called Social Drinking and Antisocial Thinking. That's funny. Um, Tavis asked, how long does it take you to prepare a new set? Yeah, so, um, you know, nowadays I'm just doing my uh, closing sets. So they're like 45 minutes to an hour. And so, uh, I mean, half... Uh, 20 30 percent of it are jokes i mean there's some jokes that were done seven years ago that still hit at the world i in my opinion hasn't seen them so i'm still doing them um but yeah once i release the comedy special i'm gonna free them and let them let them swim you know be free and yeah, yeah. move on so yeah i mean then i think the good chunk of the set was done in like the last year or two um and shit if i write a good one tonight and I want to try it out that they're put it in there tomorrow or for the next show. Um, so yeah, I mean like some, some of the bits are years old and some of them are, are within a year and some of them are last week. Um, and I keep tweaking, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You saw, you saw the best version of my show last night because every time I do a show and I usually have a couple notes, a couple tweaks and, uh, I make the little corrections, um, or take one out, try another one, put it in. And, and like, all right, that one didn't hit. Let's get it out of there. Uh, this one, let's try this one again, you know? And it seems like you'll do it because, like, you had more Atlanta stuff because you were in Atlanta. But then you also, I've seen you post of, like, I'm coming to this town. If you know, like, it's almost like if you know anything I could troll there, mm-hmm. then I will and I can, like, show you what happened at the show. Yeah, I've tried that before. The thing is, is like hit or miss. Yeah, because it still has to be funny. The quality still has to be good. Right. What I've I've learned that uh, recently is like the most important thing is the quality, not the uh, circumstance. So, or I don't know if that's the right word. So, like for example, I did a bit in Nashville where I did a joke about like a newspaper that they they had, and it was like, well, we're in Nashville, so it's gonna hit, right? No, it doesn't matter. It, what matters is the quality. Mm. Like laughter is like something you can't fake. So like if it's not that funny, it doesn't matter because it was a Nashville joke, you know? It's a good point. Yeah, you can't – that's like a good quote. You can't – you can fake happy but can't fake funny or something like that. Yeah. So people will say, yeah, yeah, I mean I try – I will try to do that. And then maybe if it's like kind of funny or halfway funny plus it's Nashville, maybe that it has a point or two. But if it's just flat out doesn't work, it, it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, um, and also, like, significance doesn't matter. So, like, there's one bit where I have where I get a response from, like, a major CEO. And it's like, oh, this is so cool. As, like, a, oh, I did this cool thing where, like, a hacker or, like, I social engineered my way to get a response from a CEO. Right. That is not in itself hilarious and funny it's really what's funny is what makes people laugh you know they they only care about the funny Mm -hmm. not necessarily maybe like the context Mm -hmm. or i mean i can see that on like this podcast where 
the most famous people aren't the most popular episodes. You know, it's like it's the it's the content. Like the higher the quality of the interviewer, the more specific the questions are geared toward developing a specific aspect of being a comedian. Mm. That kind of stuff hits harder than like me putting up like a Cedric the Entertainer clip or something. Mm. So that that's also something I've learned through doing even just like over you know a creative version of like trying to create for a specific audience. It is like, yeah, it's it's cool for your ego and vanity, maybe. Right. But that doesn't necessarily move, like, the needle. You know, right. it's the, the quality of the content is what really shines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's cool to know it. that's true across, like, multiple, like, mediums, you know? Yeah. That it's kind of like a universal truth there. Yeah. And uh, that's what the beauty of this, the hot breath of verse is, is these, these beautiful truths that are being shared and are enriching the listeners, the people who are taking notes and learning how to be better and applying that to their lives. You're making everybody better. Wow. I appreciate that, Ben. All right. So I brought some mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> got eight uh, hours. <laughs> We're going to go live. <laughs> eight hours. Joel, how come no one's commenting? What's happening? No. It's okay, Ben. No, you okay. know, I, 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 I got a dry bar special coming out. I can't get caught up out here. When's your dry bar special coming just out? Just when I'm about to. Um, they sent me a first draft of it to give notes on, and they're supposed to follow up with a second. Um, but they, <sighs> when I recorded, they said it was going to be like nine to 12 months. And I recorded it last year, like last fall. Okay. So and your, your advice on that helped me because... Uh, it's going to help me because I remember you saying, uh, when you talked about that experience on here, you said, you know, uh, what's his name was in the back with you. Um, uh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Mike Kaplan. Mike Kaplan. Yeah. And, yeah. And you said, um, you said, you know, uh, I forget what he told you, but the lesson that you learned was that, uh, you're just doing a performance, you know, you're still performing for the crowd. Yeah. You know, like the special is being recorded. There's all these things that you have to be nervous and worried about. Uh, is it going to go good? But you still have to do the same thing that you've always been doing. It's yep. just perform for an audience. Mm-hmm. I was over because th- I had never done. I mean, I I had like taped like Comedy Central's roast battle that didn't air. Like it was Dulce and I actually Dulce and I did. We we went up against each other in roast battle. But then they like they they had like a a tall white comic and like a black female comedian like in the new york taping they did so i feel like they checked that box and then just so they i never said i was going to be on the show thank goodness so then if i was like roast battle tonight and then i didn't appear that would have been whack i learned that early on i think i think uh maybe andy sanford taught me that when i interviewed him is it's just like he never says anything until after it's happened because he's had moments where he's like, this is it, mm-hmm. and then nothing. Mm-hmm. I've had several moments like that, mm-hmm. so I just don't say anything. But Yeah, no, no, that's a good move because then you're bringing, <laughs> then you have to explain to everybody if it doesn't go down. Instead of just finding out by yourself and being disappointed by yourself, then you have to live out more disappointment with others. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Whatever happened to that? You're supposed to be yeah, on you're Comedy supposed to Central. Be that thing. Yeah. Well, it turned out I'm not. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. But you're like, I already got over that. Now I have to read. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm in hindsight. I'm glad that didn't get released. But I think I said that to say. So I had done a few things, but this was my first like 
like taping that's like, oh, this is gonna be on dry bar. This is like a thing. I have wardrobe for this. They put on they put on makeup. You know, I got sunburnt the day of the taping. Oh, I went on a big hike because like clear my mind and I got uh, sunburnt. Had <laughs> to get rid of it for you. So you had to cover it all up. Yeah, <laughs> but um, hilarious. but yeah, Mike had, he's done a lot of TV. So then I like in but and I went last. There's three comics on the shows. They do two comics. And then an intermission to where people can go like buy more candy and stuff. And then the third comic. So I was third on both tapings. I had to I had to go up after Mike, who just obliterates the room both times. He's undeniably funny. But like after the first show, I was like in my head because I was super stiff. And it went it went fine. But like you we can feel even if the audience is laughing, we can feel when there's like it's missing, like timing's off. I'm not like in the moment with them. Like I'm rushing. I'm uncomfortable. I'm mm-hmm. so then because I was so focused on like, OK, I better. OK, there's a camera here. I want to make sure I deliver the punchline here and make sure I do the marriage face at the back camera. <laughs> I had them put like bright tape on the top of the camera so I could see where it was like I was way in the weeds. And then I asked Mike and he was like. Just perform like it's a show, and if you happen to think to look at the camera, look at the camera. And I was like, mm. oh, okay. Mm. And the second one was much better. Yeah. But that's it was, I'm... he really helped. And that's what I think that what I've learned from doing this show so long is like comics, like most comics like helping comics. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what that's what's most important is comics helping comics. Yeah. Um, nice. Um, how do I, oh, this is from Chris Rock. How do I get a good punchline? Well, you just got to go up there and uh, give it a shot, Chris. Got to go up there and give your punchline a shot because who knows whether it's good or not. Maybe you already have a good punchline. You just got to go up there and try it out. And then if it, if it goes good, then then you got yourself a good punchline. But if not, maybe try to rework it or uh, try a new, a new joke. It's trial and error. Trial and error. Going up there and trying it and, and trying it again until you got a good punchline. Yep. Yeah, you you literally never know, and that's what I've told people. Because I have like during the pandemic, I create a lot of like online classes and workshops, and I've had people ask me about them, and I'm just like, yes, you're gonna learn X, Y, and Z, but if you don't then go take that to the stage, it's like don't even honestly don't even bother unless you just want to learn more about how the sausage is made. It's like you, regardless of how funny you think something is you've written, you have to do it on stage. To truly know whether or not it's going to work. Yeah. That's, there's no way around that. So you think you have a good punchline. Okay, go test it. And some comics will post it on social media first and see if it gets a response. And then if it gets a lot, then they'll take it to the stage. I think Mark Norman does that. But at the end of the day, you've just got to write what you think is funny and then test it out on stage. Yeah. And the audience tells you the truth. They don't lie. Yes. There are no lies. No. Just ask T.I. No, no shady T.I., but I mean, he's like, you know, he's trying to figure out comedy right now. Yeah. And some shows are going better than others, but it's like, he's up, he's famous. He, he, he should be able to, he can hold an audience. He can engage an audience, but fame works for about two minutes on a stand up stage. Yeah. And then you got to be funny. Yeah, for sure. Period. Yeah. There's no skipping steps. Yeah. There's no skipping steps. Mm-hmm. You got to take it. He's doing the same thing that we're doing. He's, he's doing the same exact thing. He's, he's famous. So. He's got, it's almost like a curse. You got more spotlight on you. You don't have the freedom to bomb in private. <laughs> yeah. But he's still, I mean, like he had that one show we got booed and he was back on stage the next day. So like 
He's putting yeah. in the reps, and that's what it's all about. Yeah. You got, I mean, you and I were on stage. I mean, it was like every night. I mean, in Atlanta, you know, it was like every night, yeah. at least once. Like, you just, you've got to live on stage. Yeah. Uh, cool. So, yeah, I think that's basically it. I mean, I'm assuming that's what they were asking. How do you get a good punchline? Yeah. But a, a joke is really just like a surprise. It's like you set up the audience to think in one way. The punchline is a surprising second way. Which, you, like you said, you used to do a lot of one-liners. I used to do a lot of one-liners as well. Yeah. So that's a good place to start is writing one-liners. Um, oh, yeah. Winston Hodges in the building? Said, yeah, oh, yeah, you can't say anything until it's happened. Terrified of looking dumb. Yeah. Do you know Winston Hodges? Have you seen him? I don't think so. Ugh. Murder. Did a show with him in Virginia. And he was like, he was the feature. And I was just like, oh, no. I was <laughs> like, oh, gosh. Nice. It, no, no, in a good way to where it's like it brings something new out of you. Like yeah. it really elevates your performance. You're like, oh, he's killing. But what I think, I can't remember what comic I heard say this, but it's like if the comic before you is like killing, don't be nervous. Don't be scared. But be a part of them killing. Like literally like laugh with them enjoy that energy like become a part of the show mm. and then you almost like you you want to do your own thing on stage but you're not coming from a place of like combativeness but more of like oh yeah that's feeding me to do a better show mm. and not think like scarcity mentality of like well if they kill then i can't kill right you know so that i think learning that helped me in that moment of like oh man this is my first time performing here he's killing what am i gonna do I just, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Winston's awesome. I'm so glad I got to meet him. We're going to do more shows together. And that just inspired me to really level up my game, yeah. which a younger version of me may be like, oh, no, what am I going to do? He's, right. he's killing and uh, there's nothing left. But yeah, I watch people. So funny. At the comedy store, you they always do like 15, 20 minute sets. And, you know, you watch one famous comic after another and they that's they all kill, but you're like, oh no, that person just killed so hard. What's the next person going to do? And they go up and kind of just reset the, the room and do their thing. And then they kill in their own way. So yeah, there's yep. no like, because you killed, no one else can kill kind of thing. Yeah. And that's super important of like, you said like each comic reset the room. Like they, they didn't then like if the comic before you was like, super high energy mm -hmm. and then you're more of like just deadpan you don't want to go up there and try to be super high energy you just go up there as yourself mm -hmm. and bring the audience to you yeah and then and it's it's scary and it, it can seem counterintuitive that they like that so i need to do what that comic was right doing. but it's actually no you reset the room and that may be a minute of not of no laughter it's just you doing your material and them starting to adjust to your rhythm and your song that yeah. you're singing in your set that's a huge yeah that's a huge thing and to not try to mirror the comic before you yeah and your uh yeah your thoughts working against you your own thoughts mm -hmm. there's a comic i uh, work with uh this past week and he does uh if there's a he's a lower energy comic and if there's a super high energy comic that goes perform that kills he uh, does like a reintroduction thing when he goes out. He gets called up and then he says, wait a second, hold on. Restart that song. And then, you know, oh, yeah, 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 he yeah. gets the crowd into him a little more and then gets into a set after that. And that yeah. kind of gets people, you know, yeah, it gives them that transition. It's a little a little better and then they can move on. And, um, and then uh, I remember on your, your podcast, Nate Bargatze says 
if you follow someone super high energy, he goes up and like kind of like says some things, kind of like throws some shit out yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. To like get people to like listen for a second, but not like waste any material. Yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. That's an interesting little trick. Really? Yeah, it was really. I, I remember the first time I saw Nate live was at like a was at a mic in Nashville years ago, and he was like a drop in. He was still Nate back then, not Nate what he is now. But like the host gave him this big intro and they played like this loud rock music and he goes up there and he goes, well, it ain't going to be any of that. (laughs) (laughs) He just like went, just brought it all the way back down. It was just like a perfect way to reset the room. Yeah. Cause yeah, your introductions can almost psych you out. You know, someone intros you so hard. You're like, holy fuck. You know, Well, all those racial intros, I ended up just (laughs) roasting the host until they stopped. Cause I was just like, because I didn't, I didn't mind like the race joke or whatever. They're making fun of me. What I didn't like is that the audience was already laughing and I hadn't even said anything yet. Mm-hmm. So, and it's not even my, it's their laugh. Right. So now I'm starting my set with their laugh. Right. I don't care if they roast me, whatever. But so then I started roasting the host when I went up there until they would stop. <laughs> That's now, awesome. I'm a retired roaster though. I'm not, I'm not about that life Fire anymore. Back. I'm yeah. not, I'm just, it's got too. <laughs> It's too, yeah. You had to put it. You're getting old. You're getting, uh, you know, I got to hang up. Got to hang the gloves chance, up. Yeah. <laughs> but you got a family now. Yeah, yeah. I can't do this. You got yeah. Guinness. Unless it's, if it's for a bag, you know, I'll do it for a bag. But for a bag. I'm not doing it for the, not for the low, low anymore. Oh, yeah. Once it's always better to sacrifice a minute or two to get them on your wavelength and then kill the rest. Yeah. Than to be mediocre the whole set. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it may be, this is going a little longer than I thought. I'm sorry. Little, right. This may be it. And, oh, Imre said a newsletter. Have you thought about doing a newsletter? Um, yeah, yeah. For like I, collecting emails? Yes. Yeah. Substack, you know, make a little substack. I've did that for, for a hot minute. Oh, word? Yeah. Oh. And then you can blog and then people sign up like you want to. It's like a membership, yeah, right? On the blog, yeah, and, um, and then like you know, then you sign up with your email, and then then you get their email, and then there you go. Then like, yeah, do you, you still know, do that? Substack? I don't really do it that much. No, oh, okay, but it definitely works for for others. It definitely works for others. There's there's multiple ways, you know. There's multiple avenues, and maybe it's something that will work for me more, and I need to figure it out. But yeah, I mean the the it sounds like they're printing money on social media. I mean, well, the famous quote is country Wayne makes six figures a month just on Facebook. Now that's at the highest level clearly, but it's like, I mean, well then what it, how much do you need to make a thousand bucks a month, you know, like, or a hundred bucks, like just to start it from there. Like it seems like there's a lot of just financial opportunity in social media. Yeah. Oh yeah. Does, Does TikTok pay? They pay, they pay a little bit. Pay. Yeah, they give you like, uh, they don't even have like a percentage or nothing. You just get what they they tell you you're getting. So you just get it from a few, you have a few, all your social media, because like your Facebook Mm. is big enough to monetize. So you just get it from a few, like multiple streams. Yeah. It adds up. Mm -hmm. YouTube, Patreon. Patreon has been a huge, a huge support every month to get a, however many people sign up and what they pledge, you get that and then you. In return, you give them behind-the-scenes shit or bonus content, extra shit, um, and yeah, that's that's definitely helped a lot. And then with the TikTok and then the, you know ticket sales mm-hmm. and just all those things together, 
helps pay a little, pay a little bit. Yeah, we have a Patreon for Hot Breath. I just don't know what to do with it. Yeah. I kind of started it, and then I wasn't consistent. You know, it's... Yeah. I don't know what to do. What would you want? You like the show. What would you want to see on the Patreon? Do um, Just do extra stuff. So you could figure out a way to just do the exact same thing that you're doing now, but like take a little chunk of something and put that on, on the Patreon. Like a Patreon exclusive mm-hmm. part of the episode or something? Yeah. Or like, here's an episode, maybe a whole episode. I don't know. Um, or, oh, early release. You could do something as simple as mm-hmm. early release. Uh, I believe Ben Brainerd. Yeah. His Patreon, he's doing very well on Patreon. And uh, I, I don't want to speak for his business model and everything that he does on there, but I think a good chunk of his Patreon is early release. He's putting out his series, The Table, and putting out, you know, you get to see it in advance before it goes public. Oh, cool. I think that alone people like. And then I think he does like discounts to his, you know, his store, his online store. And you get, people you like to support. Like, yeah. People like to support also. That's And that, that's that's exactly true. I mean, I, I wrote to my patrons uh, recently and I said, hey, like I'm trying to sell tickets right now. So I apologize, but I have to put a video out if it does well. If I know I have good shit, I got to put it out there because I have to sell tickets. I'm just letting you know that right now for anyone who might be like, well, what am I paying for? He's putting all this shit out there anyways. And the the responses that I got were, were mainly just, I don't care. They're like, we just want to support you. Oh, and wow. We know we're helping you do what you do. And so we like doing that. And I was like, well, thanks. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Early episodes. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, most of my patrons are from Facebook and they wanted to see screenshots. But now I'm in the process of converting my Patreon to TikTok because I'm like, why am I making this so hard? All my fans, not all my fans, but most of my fans are here. Um, why am I trying to do anything different than what they want? You know, that's right. a huge lesson too. Why fight it? Like, I don't know if it was made the podcast recording. We talked about how I try to be a video game streamer. Mm-hmm. You know, what am I doing that for? They don't want that. They like what I do. Stop trying to make it this difficult. Yeah. Just do what, what they like. And then if you could keep it on the place that they're at, that helps too. You know, don't mm-hmm. try to make them jump through hoops as little hoops as possible exactly um and yeah just give them more of what they want so now my patreon it used to just be i'll post all my screenshots on there and uh, i won't share all the screenshots now i'm like okay i'm posting all these videos that i don't have public anymore i took them off now they're just patron exclusives and then the, the same thing as ben just ben brandon doing the uh, early advanced i'll put this on patreon for, I don't know, a day, a couple hours, a week before I put it out there. Oh, I so, like that. I like that. See? That's I mean, a real, yeah, it's value. And yeah. you're, you're doing the same thing that you're already doing. You're not taking away from yourself. Yeah, because there's already just so much free value from the hot breath of earth that it's like, man, if someone's going to pay for something, I want to make sure it like exceeds expectations. So if yeah. they're like, I get this for free, then I can only imagine. But the Patreon mindset is more of like, I'm supporting them and do get some cool stuff. But the real heart behind it is like I want to support because I like what they're doing yeah. as well. So it's good to remember that. And you could get big enough where I've seen podcasts on Patreon. All they do is they have one exclusive episode a month or a week. And I, I mean, some of these people are making, like you said, uh, country rain. Like they're making like hundreds of thousands. Like you're making 
way too much money. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, Tim Dillon. Holy shit, my life would be, yeah. Like, making millions life, on Patreon. Right. Like, my life would be, that would be so wild to see a check like that come in. Like, what am I going to do with all this money? <laughs> you're gonna, you you will. You're going to get a house with it. That's what you're going to do. That's right, man. Right. <laughs> Let's go. Get out there with my chickens. And <laughs> have so many eggs. <laughs> be eating eggs all day. It's 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 not vegan though. Dipping Swedish fish in them. No, Is it? Uh, we eat our chickens' eggs. Oh, but I think that's a good exception. I think yeah. that's a good exception. It's not like manufactured eggs. Yeah, like, these are like They're real, fresh. They got good quality. It's I like good, that's good stuff. Yeah, that, it's, it's that loud pack. Ooh, what is that? that? Pure, pure. That, it's not <laughs> stepped on. Uh, I'm gonna start selling eggs on the side of the road for like four bucks. That would be good merch, dude. That loud pack. We'll bring eggs. Your eggs for merch. If it traveled, you have to boil them just at the bottom of the plane. Just eggs. Just... <laughs> like oh. your bag is just a sloppy ball of yolk. Oh yeah, dude. No, no. I get some steel egg containers. Actually, that's that's kind of genius. It's like local. I mean, if you're going to Denver, yeah. You know what I mean, bring some eggs. Absolutely. So I've thought about selling these as merch. I have so many of them. I thought. Dude, you should. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, when I was in uh, Philly, they told me about Lawrence Killebrew. You know, uh, I know Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they say he has. Uh, he just buys Crunch Bars. <laughs> they put his label around him and calls him like Killebrew Crunch. Or something. No <laughs> way. So you could do that. You're already doing that. That's what you're doing with yeah, the hot breath of fresh water. We out you, fam. Um, there's this one dude named Dave Yates who makes his own hot sauce and like outsells like every headliner he opens for and shit. Wow. <laughs> oh, dude, line to the door to buy his hot sauce. I opened for a comedian. It was at a it was a bonkers comedy club, which means. It was at a go-kart slash arcade. <laughs> we were in one of the party rooms that was right next to one of those jackpot machines. So every time someone hit a jackpot, you could hear it in the comedy room. <laughs> but this headliner, Tom Dustin, just sold these wallets. He has a magician friend who hooked him up with these wallets to where like you open it and it has like a strike to where like a flame will come up when you open it. Nothing to do with his act. At the end of it, he's like, oh, and by the way, I'm selling these after the show if you want to buy one. Sell them for 50 bucks a pop. What? Sold them all out, dude. What? Nothing to do with comedy. We need to, I need, we need to go, like, sell groceries. Toilet paper. Like, we just need to get Apple dude. iPhone chargers. Like, oh, yeah. That's what we just need to do. Yeah, dude, that would be good, actually, because, like, everyone needs a charger. Did anybody forget their charger tonight? You want to go out? I got I got, one. <laughs> got you. <laughs> Well, holy dude, shit! Please let uh let the peeps know where um where they can follow you. Oh, Steve said he'd hook up Ti with Hot Breath Pro for um that's where like all the graduates of our classes go. Oh yeah. Hot Breath Pro. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Um, Palmer Trolls. That's my handle on on Patreon, but my name is Ben Palmer. Uh, yeah. On Facebook, it's Hope This Helps for the screenshots and all that shit. But yeah, Ben Palmer, Palmer Trolls. You know, I'll be out there be out there oh man yeah you're killing it, it <laughs> before we get out of here is there anything else you want the world to know no man i just well i just want to let everyone know i've been uh, i've been a member of the hot breath of verse for uh since its inception um and it's a it's truly an honor to be uh, a guest on the hot breath of verse and uh, i'm truly thankful for everything that you do for everybody and wow. uh yeah yeah it's uh a dream come true it is thanks fam yeah you've been a supporter since day one yeah, I've envisioned this day. I've played it out in my head. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh you yeah. did well that imagination exercise yeah. where you manifested this. Yeah, because it feels good. Like that's how I know you know you made it. You'd be on the hot breath, getting interviewed and shit. So what? We out here. Let's go. <laughs> <Okay>. Oh shit! <laughs> you break the mic. Hey Ben, uh, I forgot to hit record. Can you come back? <laughs>
There you have it, Hot Breath of Verse. If you enjoyed this interview, we do three live streams a week like this over on our YouTube channel. So go subscribe to that and go follow Ben on social media and let him know you heard him on Hot Breath and keep spreading the Hot Breath of Verse, as we call it here. So thank you all for hanging out so much. We're all in this together, my comedy friends. And until next Monday, right here on Hot Breath. <sighs> Hot Breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.